All right. Amen. Let's be praying, believing God to use them and speak through them. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn with me this morning. We'll start in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'll give you just a minute to find that scripture. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. The title of this message this morning is Power Over Fear in the Midst of Judgment. Power Over Fear in the Midst of Judgment. <clears throat> Brother Michael preached Wednesday night and he read the scripture out of Genesis, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Amen. I was, I was thankful for that because I've just struggled a little bit with this word this week, just making sure that I had the direction of the Lord, but I couldn't get away from it. Amen. And I felt like that this had to be the Lord because I couldn't get anything else either. Amen. So it's one of them. It's going to be a little bit different this morning, but that's all right. I hope it all makes sense and it comes together before I'm done. Amen. I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I tried to look it up. I didn't do a lot of research on it, but they say, I've heard, you've probably heard before that in God's word there's 365 fear nots. Amen. I saw one place that said there's 366, one for leap year. Amen. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but there's a lot of fear nots in the Bible. Amen. Um, you know, we have to be careful. We've dealt with fear uh, in several different lives throughout the last week or two. Amen. Sister Leah and I have, have helped some people and went through and talked to some, some different people. And it seems like that just, just, just kept coming up and coming up before us over the last week or two. Even when we were in Palatka, just some people that we spoke with there, the Brother Ken and I. And so I know that God, amen, wants to, to help us this morning to be able to overcome fear in our lives. I believe that there's people here that fear has had us bound and has kept us in a place where we couldn't really just do all the things that God God has asked us to do, but I believe that God's going to help us this morning as we overcome this. Amen. Power over fear in the midst of judgment. 1 Peter 4 and verse 17, the Word of God says this, For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And it first begins with us. What shall the end be of them that they obey not? The gospel of God. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we're so thankful for your word, God, this morning. Lord, I trust and believe completely and solely, God, that you have spoke upon my spirit, Lord, that you've impressed me, Lord, to go in this direction this morning, God. Father, I just confess, Lord, before you, Lord, that I have nothing without you, not able to accomplish anything, but, Lord, I humble myself before you. God, in this moment, asking you, Lord, to just impress upon my words, God, words of the Spirit, of God, Lord, breathe through me, speak through me, God, and let these words not fall on deaf ears. But I pray, Lord, that you would give people overcoming spirit, God, this morning to overcome fear, God, in the name of Jesus. In this hour, Lord, that we live, Lord, we need it. We'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated this morning. In this COVID-19, amen, that during this time, the time has come, amen, that judgment has begun at the house of the Lord. In COVID-19, people have asked, is this a judgment from God? And the question looms in the world and in the earth today. And many will say things like this, if God is such a good God, then why would he allow blank? And you can fill in the 
the blank for yourself. How many of you ever heard that before? Probably one of the toughest questions, amen, that's ever faced to a Christian, amen, or ever faced to a pastor is if God is such a loving God, then why would this happen or why would that happen? But let me just share a little bit with you this morning, amen, that that does not change the God that we serve. God is still God, amen, and He is omnipotent, He is omnipresent, and He knows things that we do not know. He sees in the future to things that we cannot see. Amen. And the world fell in in the book of Genesis. Sin entered into the world and the world fell. And because of that, amen, the judgments fell after that. And because of that, things are not always going to be perfect in the world we live in today. But as Brother Jared spoke, when the Lord returns and the church is raptured out of here, after a period of tribulation, the Bible says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. And I'm looking forward to that day. And that day there'll be no sickness and there'll be no sorrow. Amen. That's a day that we can look forward to. If we live for God and we serve God, then those are the things that we have to look forward to. This world is not our home. Amen. The sickness around us is not ours. And the death that's all around us, amen, is a part of this life. Our days are numbered, Brother Chris. One day if I live long enough and the Lord don't come back, I'm going to die. This old body's going to go into a grave. Amen. And I'm going to go on to be with the Lord if I continue walking with the Lord. Amen. That's the only hope that we have is that this life, amen, that we can move on to be with Jesus Christ. How many of you have heard those statements before and you question and you wonder in your mind? But if we know and understand God's word, we can understand that God and his people will be victorious in the end. Amen. He never promised us a bed of roses though. Did you know that? He never said once you get saved uh, that your life then is going to be perfect and you'll never have any problems or never a situation that you're going to have to go through that's going to be difficult. He never said that. He never gave us those words. But his promise in Revelation 3.21 rings loudly in my spirit this morning. And it says this, To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even with my Father in his throne. Amen. One day we're going to be able to sit in the throne room of grace with Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And we'll be able to ask him if it even matters when we get there, Brother Jason. Will it even matter at that point what happened on this earth? Will it be important? But if we still do wonder... We'll be able to look at him eye to eye if we can get past laying the crowns at his feet, if we can get past the weeping and the sorrow, amen, that we've faced on this earth. We'll be able to look at him and say, Jesus, I made it. Uh, Jesus, I'm in your presence. Uh, Lord, none of those things in that old world mattered anymore. What matters to me now is to give you the glory, to look upon your face and see the nail-scarred hands that you paid on Calvary for me and my sins, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could it be that God is using this pandemic to awaken the church? I I believe it is. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. Listen to me. If judgment's ever going to come to this world, it can't come until judgment comes in the house of the Lord. God is not going to judge this world until the church is judged first. The Bible says that. Amen. Judgment must begin first in the house of the Lord. Maybe we're just waiting on this judgment to slip us on in to the coming of the Lord. Amen. If we'll line up our lives and we'll hear from the Lord and we'll say, okay, God, I realize that I haven't done 
at being everything that you've called and asked me to do or be for you. But at this point, I'm ready, God. I'm awake. My ear hears what your voice is saying unto the church, Lord. I'm ready to be awakened. I look at myself, and I'm ready for you to judge me and tell me, Lord, what it is that I'm missing the point in so that I can move to the next place that you have for me, God. So that once I do that, then judgment will come to this earth. Listen to me. Examine our lives, church, to see if we are what we have claimed to be. Amen. We say that we're blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled, born-again, devil-stomping, pew-jumping, children of the Most High God. Amen. Then if that's the truth, why don't we get up and we get up out from our pity party this morning and say, God, I'm ready to take my switch out and go bear hunting because you are with me, Lord, this morning. Amen. We claim we're one thing. We claim we're one thing and then we bow down and cower down every time something stands up and stands in our way. Amen, do we not? The church world today is living in more fear than any time I can ever remember, church. We are. We're living in fear everywhere you turn. But if we are slaves to fear, we cannot be who God has called and asked for us to be. Listen to me. The definition of fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous to us and likely to cause us pain or a threat to our life. You see, fear many times keeps us bound and it keeps us in chains. If you could just see a picture of people walking away around today in the spirit realm, it's like they got chains wrapped around their hands and their feet and they're tied and they're bound and every little thing we look at we see fear all around us now listen to me I'm not trying to underplay anything I realize that this COVID-19 is real amen I realize that people have died from it I realize that there are people that have been very sick of it okay I'm not telling you that this morning but what I do know is if I'm going to trust a God that saved me and an older when I was a drug addict and I was addicted to methamphetamines if he's able to do that then my God church he's able to protect me from living in a world of fear he did not save me to walk in fear he saved me to go forth and lay hands on the sick and preach this gospel to all them that will have an ear to hear what thus saith the spirit of the living God will say in this hour. You know, one of the favorite movies that my boys and us watch around my house is Rocky. How many of you seen Rocky? One of them at least. You know, there was something about that guy, Brother Chris. When he got in a ring with somebody, you knew two things. Number one, he was going to get knocked out. But number two, he was about to get back up. He wasn't going to stay down there where he was at, brother, and waller around and say, well, let me just wait till the bell sounds and I'll get out of this and I'll go on back and be a loser. No, sir. He took one on the chin. He took one in the eye. He took one on the nose. And he went back to his corner and he said, man, that guy's tough. But you know what? He was always tougher. 
I talked about football practice the last time I preached and how hard it was. And these younger guys, when we moved up in the ninth grade, Coach Willard Steverson, the varsity be running their plays. You know what he'd always do? He'd get one of us boys he thought we might could make it, and he'd put us at linebacker. You know why? Because he knew that somebody about three times our size was fixing to come right up the middle and the play was not to block the linebacker. You just run over him. So we had one choice at that point. It was to get lower than that running back and to hit him in his knees and make him fall down. Amen. Did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt. But guess what? If we was going to make it to Friday night, we had to toughen up a little bit and you had to get back up and you had to be ready to Fight again, church. Let's get the spirit of get back up and fight in us. Hallelujah. As a Christian, sometimes you may get run over, but get back up. Listen, there's a biblical definition of fear. It's a respect and an awe, a submission of deity. Fear of the one who has divine judgment to hell, amen, over your life or heaven. A fear of God's omnipotence. That's a biblical definition of fear. There's a healthy fear that we must have in the church today. Many of us have fallen short of the exam along the way. But if the church will get in line and get in order get full of God's glory again, then we will be able to reach this lost world. Amen. Judgment must begin with me. Amen. You got to say the thing this, this same thing this morning. Judgment must begin with me. Amen. Let's allow God to point his finger at us and say, son, I've got a few more things that I need you to do. I've got a few more things that I want to perfect in your life. Lord, let me exist. Examine myself this morning before you and say, God, what is it that I'm missing the mark on? In 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, we love to quote it. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. If God is getting his bride ready, he's getting us in order. The judgment has begun in our house. Amen. This can only mean one thing, that God is getting ready to do something great, getting ready to do something supernatural. Then what is it you say this morning? Amen. Listen to me the book of Amos says in chapter 3 and verse 7 we can know amen it says this surely the Lord God will do nothing but he would speak it his secret reveal his secret unto his prophets amen God just spoke through one of his prophets the word of the Lord this morning in this house, over this house, when Brother Lamont began to proclaim what thus saith the Lord. You know what? He's saying, church, I'm not going to do anything without I reveal it first unto my people. Amen. But that's only going to happen, church, when we look at ourselves and judge ourselves so that God can do what he desires to do throughout this world. Judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. God has been speaking to us in this church regularly. Get ready. I'm coming back. Watch and pray. 
Watch and pray. It's a warning to get our house in order. Get our house in order. One thing that the enemy has tried to do and will continue to try to do is breed fear in our lives in so many different ways. As I said before, coronavirus, though as real as it is, has been a fear tactic that I believe sent from Satan and he's using people to spread it. Satan uses these things to cripple us in so many different ways, in so many different areas. There's two types of fear that I want to talk to you about this morning. One is a fear that is in the Lord. This is a healthy fear. Amen. And I'm going to come back to it. When we get ready to close, but it's found in Proverbs 9 and 10 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. That's a healthy fear. But there's also an unhealthy fear. And it's what we battle 90% of the time in our lives. In many ways, the enemy comes. And I'm going to name off a few things that I just wrote them down that I believe that we face is fear. I may not name your fear this morning. Amen. But that don't mean that God doesn't understand that your fear is a real battle. Amen. So please don't get hung up on that. Fear covers a lot of things. Amen. But fear, there's many people that can fear death. Amen. We fear failures. That's one of my biggest things. Fear of rejection, amen, fear of uncertainty, there's a fear of loneliness, a fear of change fear of being judged a fear of getting hurt a fear of death, just to name a few, there's also a fear of uncertainty of what the future holds and that's where the enemy many times today will bombard Christians, amen is that we don't understand and know everything that's going on and we question it, amen, but God is still in control, amen every footstep of a righteous man is ordered of the Lord we must proclaim and hold fast to his promises I heard a, I heard a preacher say one time you know we he didn't say this but we become so fearful that all we do is worry and he said worrying must work because 90% of the things that I worry about never happens isn't that the truth you know, we worry ourselves to death over things because the enemy, he's always, it's bred from fear. And he's always, yeah, yeah, in our ear about all these things. Amen. And so we, then we find ourselves in a worrying spot. And we begin to worry about every little thing. And it consumes us. Listen, all the enemy's trying to do is get our minds and our eyes off of what God is doing in our life. And God's wanting to do through the church and through our ministry and through our walk with him. And get us to worry about something that's probably never going to happen. Amen. But listen to this. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, as Pastor said earlier, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yeah, how many of you battle that sound mind? The enemy always trying to tell you that you're no good or you're a failure or he's always trying to bring us to a place where we're saying, well, there's no way that I can make God happy because of this or that or I've failed in this area or I'm failing in that area. And the enemy just harps on that stuff. Oh, over and over and our mind then gets away from being the sound doctrine of Jesus Christ and the enemy got torment completely off of, on our minds and he torments us but listen the Bible said that God has not given us a spirit of fear so if God didn't give us a spirit of fear then where does it come from who did give us that spirit of fear 
the devil. The devil brings that spirit of fear of all those things that I named and so many more that I could have named. Amen. Just put yourself in that place. What are you fearful of this morning? What is your greatest fear? Is it a healthy fear or is it an unhealthy fear? Now listen to me. If it wasn't a healthy fear that God gave you, then the enemy's trying to get you sidetracked and get your mind off of what God is doing in this day and hour. But I come to tell you this morning, there's a spirit of the Holy Ghost in this church. I don't know if you felt it or not, but there's a revival devil stomping uh, Holy Ghost pew jumping anointing in here this morning that can break every chain of fear that has been wrapped around your life. It's just like God through the Holy Ghost goes up with a big old pair of bolt cutters and he gets to those chains and he just snaps one time and every one of them fall off and hit the floor and break to pieces. He don't just come to break the yoke and the chains off of our lives but he comes to destroy them so that he can't the enemy can't put them back on us again that's what we got to have in this hour that we're living in church an anointing that destroys what satan's trying to do because the time is short so if there's been more of an antichrist spirit and a dark depressive demonic spirit released on this earth then the grace of god has just raised up another level amen and you know what he's saying he's saying i got enough hope Holy Ghost and I got enough power to release in my vessels that are willing to work for me and the Holy Ghost through us amen that we're going to stomp the devil and kick him in the eye and send him out the door one more time he's not going to have our children he's not going to have our loved ones he's not going to have our church he's going to get a devil kicking anointing this morning hallelujah I'd just like to stomp him a little bit. I like to read that scripture in Revelation where Jesus gets that big chain and he binds old Satan up. <laughs> I can't wait to be standing there and watch him say, get him again, Jesus. Just get him one more time. My God. I remember what he tried to do to my family. Get him again. Get him again, Jesus. Oh, we're going to be the biggest cheerleading crew that Jesus has ever had on that day. My God, we're going to say, stomp out of head. Stomp out of head. I can't wait to that day. My God. Philippians 4 and 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and keep your minds. How? Through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. I can think back over the last 25 years that me and Leah's been married. And I can look back at our life. And I can remember literally walking in some of the darkest places that a man could ever walk, church. And people would come up to me and say, how can you even be sane? How can you even get out of the bed and walk today? There's no reason why I could have except the peace of God that surpasses. That was a scripture I leaned on many times in my life. Church, if you're going through something in your life and you just can't hardly go and you think, God, I don't know, God, how I'm supposed to face tomorrow. The word 
works for you. Amen. The word is so powerful. I shared with a sister this week as we was praying with her. I said if you'll stand on God's word, this word will never fail you. It'll never let you down. It's the only thing that hasn't changed from the very beginning and it won't change until the very end. Amen. The word will work if we work the word for us. Amen. But we got to know the word. I would quote that scripture. God, I need the peace of God, which passes all my understanding to keep my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. I can tell you, it's the only thing sometimes that we've had to hold on to. But we're still here today. Fear will keep us, if not careful, from obtaining what God has for us. You see, time won't allow me to cover every aspect of fear this morning. But I do want to point out a few biblical fears to us this morning. And I believe that God's going to help us as we look at this. Amen. You see, it don't matter if you're a pastor or if you're a deacon, if you're a board member, Sunday school teacher, whatever, just a Christian. It doesn't matter the category that you fit in. Fear is real. Fear is real. I mean, you know what my greatest fear is? I've shared this with Brother Jared before. I said, this is what the enemy taunts me with every day when I get up. He says, well, you've done it now. You've preached the last message that you're going to preach. You don't, know, you don't know nothing else in that Bible to preach. You're out. You're done. You're done. It's a battle, church. It's a battle. I promise you. It's so real. It's real. He fights me every day with that. You'll never be what God wants you to be. It's a torment, constantly throwing darts. If I was to get that in my mind and dwell on that long enough, I'd eventually sit down and say, yep, you're right. I can't. But it's the truth. I can't. I have. I have done everything that I know to do. It's not never enough. But Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Ghost, He's the one that wrote the book. If he's living within me, then he's going to show me what's next to preach when it comes my time to take this pulpit. Amen. And that's the only thing that I have to trust him in. And so I can only see one step ahead of me at the time. I'd like to have 15 sermons lined out from now until the end of the year. It won't ever happen, will it? But daily, he feeds me the bread that I need. Daily, he supplies the oil in the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's a real fear, church. You think we don't battle fear? We we battle fear. I promise you there's a whole lot more that I could go into. There's a real fear that we all battle. Your fear is different than mine, but it's still sent from the same person. He's always, constantly throwing things at us. You'll never. And he's right. I won't, but through God, I will. Amen. You see, when we was out there in... Louisiana, we went out to Brother Lee's here a while back. I shared with Jeremy, Jeremy Prohaska. I sent him a text afterward. He said something that really stuck to me out there. And there was a lot said, but you know, God just will send somebody to speak to you when you need it. And he said, he said, when I was going to take that church, God had sent me on. He said, I told God, he was just as serious as he could be. I said, God, I don't know how to pastor. I don't know how to to talk to people when they need something. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know what God spoke to him and said? He said, when you need it, I'll give it to you. Boy, something jumped in my belly when he said that. 
God said, why don't you trust me for the same thing? When you need it, I'll give it to you. And I look back over my life and the times that I needed something from God. You know what, Brother Ryan? When I needed it, he gave it to me. You see, he's there for us, church. That's what part of walking by faith is. We got to walk by faith not knowing and not seeing all the answers. But we just walk and God provides. That's part of our walk with him. Amen. There's a lot of fear that will grip our lives and we don't know and understand what are we supposed to do. What if, listen to this. I heard a young man preach about Samuel last weekend and this jumped in my spirit as he was preaching. He didn't say this, but I know the Holy Ghost gave it to me for this week. He said, what if the prophet Samuel said, because of fear of failure from appointing Saul to be king, I will not fill my horn with oil and go to the house of Jesse. And I said, oh my God. What if Samuel the prophet said that? God said, son, Samuel, go to the house of Jesse. I've got a king for you to know. Well, no, God, I've already done that. And and it was a failure. Because of his failure, now I failed you. And I'm not going. I'm not going to go to the house of Jesse. But listen to me. In First Samuel eight and three, the Bible said, "The Lord said, hearken unto the voice of the people, give them a king." So he, the Lord said, "Give them a king." Right. First Samuel sixteen and one says, "And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul?" Failure, how long are you going to sit in your failure for Saul? I'm the one that told you to do it to start with, and now here you are in the mully grub sitting here. How long are you going to mourn for Saul? Seeing, I have rejected him. I've rejected him. Fill thine horn with oil and go. And I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. The prophet Samuel. Faced with a decision, failure looming in his ear. You can't do, don't you know what happened? You just might as well stay where you're at. Why would you even get up and go, and here's God, Samuel, you're my prophet, son. I'm speaking to you for this day and for this hour. I need you to go for it. I have appointed me a man for this day and this hour. My God, church, let me ask you this question this morning. Who is waiting for you to get your horn and fill it with oil? And God has said, go because I have anointed you for this hour and I have chosen you and you say but God oh you don't know all my failures you don't know everywhere that I've left you behind and he says son I've given you the oil take your oil take what I've given you who is going to stand before God one day and be judged for their sins because we would not go with the oil and obey what God said for us to do church how many people do we know all around us that could use mobile missions to come to their house but we're too afraid to go next door and knock on the door and say hey you want church to come to you I've got the church that'll do it you see you're withholding the oil you said no that's that's the oil I'm going to keep it back because of my failures God and God's saying I don't care 
Son, I'm looking past your failures. He's faced with a decision and failure looms among him. Now go, anoint someone. What about when he gets there? Can you just imagine what he had to be battling? He's got the oil, and now he's got all these fine kingly looking men to choose from. <laughs> I could just see Samuel Center say, my God, are you serious, God? I mean, surely, surely, this is him. Look at him. He can defeat every giant in the land. Surely this is the one. He's a big, tall, handsome young man. He's got all the, the right accolades to go to war, to go to battle. Surely, God, God, no, that's not him. No, no. No, all of them go through the line and God still hadn't let the oil flow and he says my God I can see him and he said they can Lord what's this other one going to look like who in the world could this be that's going to come now is there another one is there yet one more that you might have and he said well there's one but I'm sure they're all thinking surely that can't be the one <laughs> Surely that can't be. You're sitting there this morning saying, God, surely I'm not the one. And God's saying, yeah, yeah, I passed over everybody else to get to you. I passed over everybody else to get to you this morning. I'm passing them over. I'm passing them by because I found you. But God, I, you remember what I did last year? Oh, yeah, I remember. That's what I want to use. That's what I want to get out of you. That's part of the oil that I want to flow in your life this morning. He said, God, surely, surely. Samuel's sitting there shaking his head thinking, God, God, you're trying to set me up for failure. You're trying to kill me. What are you doing? I'm going to die. If God sends you church, he'll protect you. It may get to the place where church attendance may feel like a death sentence. Did you hear me? Did you, did you hear what the Holy Ghost said this morning? The Holy Brother Lamont, have I talked to you? I ain't talked to you, have I? No. But God said, I said, God I ain't putting that in there. He said, Yeah, you are. He said, What if church attendance gets to looking like a death sentence? Are you still gonna come? Are we still gonna serve God? When our very the church in America has had it. Too easy for too long. But what did he say in Revelation? If you'll overcome. If, he wouldn't have said that if there wasn't going to be some things to overcome, church. I don't, I'm not a doomsday prophet. And I'm not trying to scare you this morning. But I'm just telling you what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. Could it be? Are we willing to go to that place, church, of death? When there's a death sentence marked over us to serve this Christ. They say coronavirus is packing. They're testing more, so it is. There's no doubt. I know people now, very close people that's, got, that's had it or been around people that's got it. But listen. That don't mean that we're going to die if we're around. You might get, I'm still trusting on what the promise of God said. That the blood of Jesus uh, that protects his property. I've seen it stand so far. Not one person that I know of that has set foot on this property has been able to take the virus with them. That the blood of Jesus has healed in the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
But if it don't, he's still God and I still trust him. Amen. And I'm going to walk with him. And I'm going to do my very best to do what God has called and asked me to do. Amen. We may all have to get to that place, church, very quickly. If this thing winds down, I want to go out on a wing and a prayer. Amen. I want to go out praising this Jesus, preaching for this Jesus, magnifying the Lord and lifting him up for what he's done for me in my life. I don't want to stand before him and him look at me and say, Son, you let fear drive you in the house and not come out in this day and hour when I needed you out there fighting for me. It may get to the place, like the prophet said, God, if I go, I may die. The churches are shutting down again all around us. You see, I don't want to call his name, but this past weekend when we were in Palatka, I got just a minute, y'all. I, I, was, I was preaching Friday night in the place of where Jared was going to preach because he couldn't go. And as I was preaching that word, I had done talk to Ken. I was going to preach Friday and Saturday night. And I was, as I was closing and I was praying for people in that service. Before the service ever started, Brother Ken called me and all the pastors that were there up to the front had all of us share. And I was standing beside a black man. And this man got to speaking. And I'm telling you, you just know when your spirit connects with somebody. Amen. Amen. You just know like well, God just tells you he's a man of God. Amen. And I could just hear what he was saying. Like, this is a man of God. And so there were six pastors there that night, that Friday night. And so I got to preaching. And at the end of the service, I was praying for people. And as I went back there to pray for his wife, the Holy Ghost said, I have spoke to, I have, the Holy Ghost said, I want you to let this man preach tomorrow night. I don't know this man from nobody. I've never met him until that night. You talk about being gripped by fear. Fear. So I said, okay, God, this is not my meeting. It's Ken Elliott's. It's his church. He's the pastor. I'm going to honor him because I know that's the way your word says. And if it's true, then he'll, he'll know it. So I called Brother Ken over to me. We are praying. I said, how, how well do you know this man? He said, oh, I know him real good. I said, well, God just spoke to me and said he was to preach tomorrow night. And he said, okay, okay, okay. So he goes over there and talks to him, and I hear Ken getting loud. And I was like, oh, Lord, what's going on? <laughs> he calls me back over. He said, tell this man of God that preached tonight what you, what you just told me. He said, Pastor, last night I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning. My wife was in the bed, and God was giving me a, a word to preach. And he said, I didn't know what it was for, but I knew God gave it to me. He said, I was up for two hours praying and seeking God. And then he said, as you was preaching, I was sitting in the back of this tent tonight, and God said, you're going to preach tomorrow night. <laughs> you see, had I let fear govern me that night, I would have said, no, God, I'm not saying that because I might be wrong. Well, I might be wrong, but it's all right. I'm going to put it on somebody else and let them be wrong with me. <laughs> but listen, the whole reason I told you that story is to tell you this. I told Brother Jared, I shared this with Brother Jared. Monday, I'm sitting on my couch at lunch, and I get a phone call from Brother Ken. He said, hang on just a minute. I'm going to put you on speaker. So this other pastor gets on the phone, and he said, Pastor, I've got, I got told Saturday night, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a message 
on my phone after the tent revival from my head bishop that I'm to shut my church down and not to continue preaching or having church until further notice because of the COVID pandemic. He said, and then I got a letter in the mail today saying the same thing. He said, and I just don't feel in my spirit after that tent revival what God did. You see, my fear is, God, I don't know if you even did anything the whole week we was there. That's how the devil fights you, right? Now I'm thinking, God, if I hadn't have been there, then what would this man, who would he be calling today? He said, I'm calling looking for direction. In the Holy Ghost, he said, I know you're a man of God. I felt it when you were preaching. God said he's a man of God. He said, and I'm calling to get direction for my church. And I told him what we did through the pandemic. I shared with him how we moved our services outside. I shared with him how we weren't tied to any denomination, that we had the ability to govern our own church. And I shared with him how thankful I was for that. I said, brother, I can't tell you to do the same thing because of your situation. But in my spirit, I feel like that you're supposed to keep ministering this gospel. He said, I'm going to my denomination. I'm going to drive to Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm taking my letter of resignation in person to give it to them because I'm not going to the fear of COVID-19 keep me from doing what God has told me to do. That's the God we serve, church. That's the God we serve. He's a God that speaks to us. I got to close. Who's, who's playing? Come, Somebody come play. I'm telling you, God... Hallelujah. God is able, church, when we're obedient to hear his voice. Amen. And walk where he's called us to walk. What if you hadn't spoke to that woman last Sunday night? God might have never moved in a supernatural way to unlock the chains. <laughs> church, we must flow in the Holy Ghost to release what God has placed within us. For this world today is dependent on us to do and be who God has called and asked us to be. The prophet said, go. God's calling us to take the oil and go, church. He's called us to lead by example. We cannot be gripped and governed by fear today of what the government's wanting to do to us. God has given us a power, not fear. Amen. When we flow in the Holy Ghost, we flow in power and not fear. That's why it's so important when we come to this church to get refueled with the fire and the power of God. Let the Holy Ghost run through us and out of us so we can take this power outside of these four walls into this lost world Jesus we may be in a season of judgment but judgment cannot breed fear in his people this judgment must come first to us before it comes to the earth amen let's look at our lives and say God are we being governed by fear you know Daniel was thrown in the lion's den he go, but he was willing to face the fear of death to continue to pray to his God. Them three Hebrew children was willing to face death so that the fear would be bound in that fire and not on their lives to govern them and tell them what to do. Church, we got to get to that place. Amen. What if that prophet Samuel said, I'm not going to go take the oil. 
the whole history of our Bible could have been rewritten if that one man would have said, fear is going to govern my life and I will not go. The whole history of your Bible. Church, we can't let fear stop us for what God wants to do for us. Remember the healthy fear, Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. People no longer fear God like they should. Children no longer fear mom or dad. They don't fear God. Amen. You can read in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, the Bible clearly states where we're at today. It's a picture of what we're being faced with. This know you also that in the last days perilous times shall come. We're living in perilous times, church. Men shall be lovers of themselves, coveters, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of thereof from such turn away I'm telling you church that lists it from the children to the daddy and mama of today to churches to saints of God supposedly a form of godliness and denying judgment must begin in the house of the Lord but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived there's a deceptiveness in the world today a spirit Fear can't govern us. Stand with me today.